Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations. I'm Audley Stevenson, and you're watching the Audacious Living Podcast, hands down the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer, or perhaps you're listening on Spotify or through Apple or whatever your favorite podcast listening platform is. Uh, however way you found us, it's a pleasure to be here to share with you as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our audience live their best audacious lives ever. Now, I need to get some business out of the way and remind you that you can connect with us uh, on your favorite social media platform. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram under the handle The Audacious Pod, and then on Facebook, The Audacious Living Podcast. Also on YouTube, if you sign up to our YouTube channel, tap the notification bell, uh, you'll be instantly connected every time we've got brand new content that comes out. So, so certainly stay connected uh, and keep that conversation going. Now, um, now, before we, we, we get into things on, on this episode, I, I need to let you know that we're going to go in a bit of a weird direction on today's show. And it's probably not in the way that you think, but I'd ask that you just bear with me and I'll explain a, a little bit more. I'm actually going to have some help. Uh, you see, uh, I've got Shelly Brown on the show with me. Uh, she's a speaker and the author of a new book entitled Weird Girl Adventures from A to Z. And uh, she's going to give me a hand in, in dissecting uh, the concept of, of weirdness and, and helping us understand, you know, what it is all about. So I'm really, really looking forward uh, to sharing that conversation now. For many people, the word weird has a, a negative connotation. There's lots of negative negativeness attached to it. Uh, and it's oftentimes used in a very demeaning uh, or hurtful manner as a way of really telling someone that maybe they don't fit in or they fall outside of the norm. I'm giving air quotes there for our listening audience. The norm. Um, you know, the clear message is that because what they do is different or it's unique, or it doesn't conform to the acceptable social standards set by others, then weird people don't belong. Uh, we know this is completely false, but it also, not only being false and wrong and negative, it can be very, very dangerous because it can lead to self-confidence or self-acceptance self issues when in the end, all we wanna do is fit in and experiencing, experience that feeling of belonging or connectedness to others, which, by the way, is a completely normal feeling. I believe that the sooner we, we, we get out of that judgment realm and escape that judgment of others and own the fact that you know weird things about us are just our gifts and that's what makes us unique, the better we, are all, we all are in the, the long run. Now, I think Shelly does a phenomenal job of, of highlighting weirdness in a really positive and good way. But also, she does a great job in letting people know that it's okay to be you. 
Uh, and it's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to be weird. Uh, it really, really is, is a wonderful chat that I know you'll all enjoy. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Shelly Brown. Enjoy. And uh, so first, I should say thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, uh, you know, th- you know, th- th- this podcast, we talk a lot about being audacious, being bold and being yourselves and all these things that we should do as we go out in the world to make it a better place. And uh, v- very much when you think about your adventure, you're on your very weird adventure, the weird girl adventure, the title of your book. Uh, I think there's some synergy between the two. So, again, thank you for uh, being here. I am thrilled to be here, and I've had the pleasure of listening to some of your illustrious guests, and, oh, and Miss, I'm following on the heels of Mr. Davidson himself, uh, yeah, totally. and that was incredible. Yeah, you, you know, know what? what he, he he much like so many uh, so first of all i i consider it a, a privilege and an honor you know tommy davidson is a guy that uh, i look, looked up to uh, as a young boy uh, watching in living color and yeah. uh, you know that program was groundbreaking because yes. because there's so many weird characters right but what, i watched it too yeah and, and and what it was it was you know they were being very unique it was very different um some people got it some people didn't some people appreciated some laugh some but i think what was interesting is that you had all these characters that were uniquely being themselves which is something that you could uh, relate to that is really my jam oddly i mean the whole notion of being ourselves i mean with judgment and in context but the ability to show up authentically as who we are again i think that there's it doesn't mean to be unfiltered. And right. so like when I use the word weird, it's it's really the thoughts and the feelings that we believe isolate us that are actually our biggest connection to each other. And so when we think about our weird and I've asked many people like, what's your weird? And I, and I know you're the interviewer or it's not an interview, it's a conversation, yeah. but yeah. so I'm going to ask you what, what, do you think is your weird when you think about what's weird about you? Yeah. And so it's that thing that's unique, the thing that you do. And uh, it, it's not going to sound really way out there, but uh, I, I think a part of who I am, I'm a very strong connector and I, and I, and I connect to people and I, you know, and that's why I sit off the top, you know, this isn't an interview. This absolutely yeah. is a conversation. And I feel that I'm very good at getting those conversations and, you know, touching on and it's so funny like many times where i'll finish a conversation i'll walk away go oh, i didn't even ask about that or i didn't even talk <laughs> about but, we, but we have this flourishing dialogue so i think for me my uniqueness my personal strength if you will is just the ability to connect with people i love that was there ever a time when you were younger where you were like where that was like i'm weird this is this is kind of weird about me like did it ever have sort of a negative feeling for you so the only time that it was negative is when i was reminded that i talk too much or i'm engaged in too much dialogue i'm communicating when i should be quiet you know that was the only time it felt weird or i was made to feel like it was a bad thing and i think that's the key with you know when we talk about weird is Sometimes people, they, they, they make it out like it's a negative, negative thing. It's a bad thing. And, and really, it's not, right? No. And depending on your constitution, though, and depending on, like, if you get bullied or you, it's usually when you're a kid that this happens. Like, so my theory is basically that 
we can all pinpoint back to a really specific time in our lives where we were like, oh my gosh, I'm weird. And it wasn't that we decided we were weird. It was, we were judged. The other world. Rest so, of the world telling us that. Yeah. And so mine was like, I was super curious about a lot of things and, and I did, I was just super curious and, and I kept a journal that I wrote about people in my journal in school. And of course, like an after-school special, the journal was discovered and I was totally bullied like, oh, Oh my God, you're weird. And then depending on your constitution or depending on what happens in that bad age, there's not a lot of people that are That's like right. really strong enough to be like, yeah. Hey, this is who I am. That's so you right. put it on, like, it's this itchy, scratchy sweater and it's a hundred degrees outside and you can't take it off. And some people mm-hmm. that narrative and that story, they live in that itchy sweater last for decades and it can really impact people's well-being their self-esteem their ability to thrive because they're running away from who they are yeah because somehow it's labeled as not okay we we, this is uh, we know all this right yeah Yeah. you know and it's interesting to label because that label doesn't come from us. I think the two things that are fascinating about what you just said, it doesn't come from us. And in most cases, and I'll go out on a limb, I don't, I, I don't, I haven't looked at the numbers of the research, but you know, I'd say 99.9 happened when we were just young, little child, where we didn't know any better. We didn't have the life experience of the world to say, no, no, you're okay. Yes, exactly. And the really interesting thing and, and something that you have proven is that thing that we think is weird that we're judged for almost always turns into the way that we serve others. So we take that sweater off and it becomes our cape and your connect, your ability to be such a connector is the way that you serve other people. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. That's a great analogy because it, 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 it's for a long time you live with that. You talk about living with it decades and you're not recognizing that this thing that I have that I thought was an albatross on my back is actually much greater and it can serve and, and, and the ability to serve other people and impact other people is just, just phenomenal. And it's really interesting too, because when we're wearing the sweater and all of us do, we, mm-hmm. we, I don't think you ever get rid of the sweater. You don't throw it out. It's like your grandma made it and you keep it forever <laughs> because you're like, grandma made this. I can't throw it out. But those narratives will come back. Like you'll have that moment. I, I know for me, I'll have that moment where I'm like, oh gosh, I, I shouldn't have said that, that, that doubt, you know, and we can notice we're wearing the sweater and go fold it and put it back in the closet or whatever it is. But that narrative does stay with us. It's just our ability to, to notice it and, and be able to reframe it is what can help us help us sort of rock our, our weird. But I do say that it's a matter of allowing, like the things that separate us don't always feel great. We don't have to love them. We don't have to like them. We don't have to rock them, but when we allow them, it's a place of neutrality where we're not in this horrible judgment. Yes. And it's the incremental it's incremental because you can't resist something and then all of a sudden love it. And so To me, there's a lot of people that are out there going, you should love this about yourself and you should embrace everything about yourself and you only have one body and you should love your body and blah, 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 blah. But you can't go from complete resistance to, oh, yep, I should love it. So therefore I love it. But allowing and letting it be 
Yep. Then you get to make choices. Yep. 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 And there, there has to be a bit of an awakening, so to speak, right? To, to be able to get to that point. Uh, and for each of us, it's all different, right? We're all, you know, we, we heard the analogy of us being on our own path, our own journey. Yeah. For each of us, it's not the same. So leads me to my question for, for you, Shelly, if you sort of talk about what your sort of light bulb moment or eureka moment was, what did that look like? Okay. Thank you for asking. So I was somebody who wore that sweater and really spent many years trying to find things to cover up that sweater, trying to make the world my identity clothing store. And when you make the world your identity clothing store, nothing is ever going to fit. Right. It's not yours. No. And so it took me down various paths of having some serious body image stuff and a really, really insidious eating disorder to kind of hanging that up and becoming an ultra athlete. I ran um, 26 regular marathons. I ran six ultra marathons. I ran countless half marathons. I was a spin instructor. It was like, okay, well, if this is working so great, my body's working so great. And I'm a badass with what I can do physically. Then I have accomplishments and achievements and accolades. And that's who I am. Well, then one day my vertebrae collapses on the nerves going down my leg. Mm -hmm. And that's like getting your, when you have your identity hung up on what you do and it gets, and you know, this you're involved in yeah. athletics, you get injured, you, something happens and you can no longer be that. the thing right. that you thought made you, you, that's right. mm-hmm. then your life bucket gets upside down and you yes. either sink or swim and you tread water for a long, long right. time. And then you, and then you find your way to realize I'm not those things that I do. I am just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's so funny, you know, and I think athletics is a really, really good example of just that. Like, you know, in, in, in a professional athlete's career, it's, it can come and go that quickly. And, and sometimes it might not even come all the way because you didn't get to that point because something else a life altering event, an injury, a change in circumstance, whatever. So it's it's the ability to be able to respond to that and, and, and look at yourself and go, well, what's next? But the piece of that what's next is a little bit of self-analyzation. Okay, so what, what do I like? What can I do? Where my interests are? All of those things. And if we're denying who we are because we think it's weird, then we'll never get to that what's next point. Right. I agree with you 100%. When we can really really reflect and really get close to what we like, what our preferences are, what you just said, you know, what are my values? What, what do I care about? How do I align who I am with what I really care about? And that was really hard for me. You know, I, I was in the corporate world and um, had this desire to be this incredibly high achieving person. And yet I was full of so much self-doubt, like all of us are, and a lot of us are, and, and full of fear. And, and fear is the great paralyzer of, of success, right. you know? And I didn't have the tools and the skills to, to bear witness to my fears and question them and say, you know, this, this is not true. So I was com- constantly in, in this sort of stress. And plus, the way that the world has gone, 
people feel more measured, more commoditized. Right. They feel like data, they feel like yeah. KPIs. And I also feel like since we do wear this narrative and we go to the workplace, we're expecting to be reparented almost. And it is important for leaders to amplify belonging, to create yes. safe environments. Yes. Um, yes. But it's also important for leaders to understand that the experience of belonging is an experience. It's not a strategy. It's not a policy. Yeah. And if we can understand that our own experience of feeling the feelings of belonging, then we can amplify it for other people by showing up with our human being everywhere yeah. we go. Yeah. You know, as you talked about the experience of belonging, one of the things I knew in my mind I wanted to talk about is, is the power of acceptance, right? And how important that is. And that very much more go, goes in line with belonging because, uh, uh, you, well, certainly, you know, you've got to accept yourself as a starting point. Um, you think of the, the 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 impact of words as an example. You know, if there were so many, if, if there weren't negative connotations associated with the word weird, and there was another, it, it would be, we wouldn't be having this conversation because everything would be great because everyone would be doing and accepting who they are and it's not an issue, right? <laughs> well, funny thing is, you know, that, that Merriam-Webster's definition of weird is odd or fascinating. Mm. So we look at people like, Richard Branson is associated with the word weird. Elon Musk is associated with the word weird. Lady Gaga is associated with the word weird. Right. Billie Eilish, she's weird. Anyway, <laughs> you know, but they're doing superpower stuff. The thing that is challenging is when you look a certain way. Yep. Well, you know this, you know, based on your human experience, I'm sure if you look artistic, you get relegated to, yes. Yes. oh, this person is odd or weird. And yet they're not, it's a bias, right? It's a bias based on the way you look. And, and I'm sure you've experienced bias in your life. I can't imagine that you haven't. And Absolutely. so when we're relegated to this person is this. And they can't be both. You can't be both creative and brilliant. You can't be, you can't be analytical and creative. And we, we disintegrate people based on biases right. and we don't take in the, we don't use curiosity. We don't practice learning about other people to right. really see who that person is. Yeah. You know, if, if we allowed people to really show up as themselves and you know leave the judgments at the door because that's where all this it's a fear of judgments no one yeah. appreciates or likes being judged and if given the choice they would vo avoid it altogether but by doing so you're, you're suppressing yourself sometimes and, and 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 you see that happens where you know someone who and maybe you maybe know them in another context and you're going yeah you're not yourself here but it's that judgment that they're running away from. And I think that's a yes. really important point, the fear of judgment. It's so true. And, you know, belonging is, is a state of mind. If I show up and I'm, and I am wearing my narratives and stories that tell me I don't belong, I'm not going to belong. And it's anywhere. And even like in the workplace, when you think about let we need to create a safe environment for people to be themselves you can create the safest environment in the world. And I believe that it is your responsibility as a leader to do so. Right. 
But if somebody's coming in saying, I don't belong, the safest environment in the world is not going to make that person yeah. belong. And that's not to say that we can't amplify it for each other. Right, 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 right. I think there's much to be said about creating that culture that allows people to be free, right? And that's a, so when you talked earlier about leaders and you know the role that they have, it's it's creating that culture where you can express yourself the way you like, obviously within reason and respectfully, all those right. sorts of things, right? So assuming those things are there, that you know, express yourself freely, who you are, your ideas, you know, again, how you choose to show up, all those things are essential because if you think about it, if I'm allowed to truly be myself and truly uh, uh, be free of any sort of judgments, I'm more than likely to be a lot more innovative and a lot more creative and a lot of damn good stuff will come out of my head because of right. that. Right, and what's that gonna do for the organization where you work? And, and I will share with you, I have a framework for leadership and mm -hmm. I use the word weird as an acronym. Okay. It's welcoming. So, I was in the hospitality industry and I'm sure you've stayed at hotels where you've had a great concierge who's been your guide, who, who doesn't say you should go here and doesn't care. They care about your preferences. Mm. They care about the experience that, that you want to have. And they take a really personal present interest in you so that their goal is to make you come back to the hotel and have a great experience. And they want you to come back again and again. So what if we practice hospitality and kept the welcome mat rolled out for people right. and beyond orientation, like you're or in your orientation, you're like, everybody's your cheerleader. And then you get trained and it's like, okay, put them in the cube with the cubicles and have them create cogs because they're a cog in my wheel. Right, <laughs> you know? right. So really, you know, practicing yeah. hospitality, keeping the welcome mat rolled out intentionally. And then the E is engaging. Mm, and that is such an obvious one, but it's not, e it's easier said than done because we don't always show up present. Right. We are so distracted in fear, in I mean, in future and past. And how can we make somebody else feel like we're engaging with them? Yeah. We're not. In the moment. Present. Exactly. In that moment. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then the eye is integrating and we can no longer separate human beings from human working there never was a separation so that's disintegrated when you look at people that way well-being is not an hr issue we all have well-being we all have mental physical emotional spiritual health and integrating is what are you doing to make sure that not only people can be all of themselves again not unfiltered. Yep. 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 And then yep. how can we integrate the different people into one unit? You know, I, 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 I want to talk, touch, stop on integration for a moment because that's such a, a significant one because so, so often uh, there's a feeling that I can be one place and act a certain way in one environment and behave another one in another when ultimately we are one and the same. So I'll use the example of going to work, right? You, you may be on the car ride to work your parent. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that as soon as you get out of the car and close the door, that you're not a parent anymore. You're still that individual. And uh, I think what we're starting to see now 
and I think the pandemic has helped a little bit with this with this as well, is that the, 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 the emphasis on that work-life balance is mm-hmm. really being magnified. You know, people are at home and they're still working, but they're recognizing the value of home. And now you're hearing some companies talk about, well, not going back to the office, right. people want to stay home as an example. So I, I think the integration piece and, 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 and it's just far more easier, isn't it? That you're just that one person as opposed to pretending yes. to be different, like two or three yes. others, right? Yes. And you know, look, I, I come from the eighties bosses and in my, you know, middle-aged mind, they're still wearing leaders are still wearing blue suits and ties, you know, and they're like the, they're the intimidating general manager when I was a concierge at, at, at the hotels, you know, and it's like these looming figures and it's just, it's just so funny. I mean, we really are. And, and that are, and weird is, is risk-taking and that's the vulnerability oh. piece. And, you know, we hear vulnerability and Brene Brown and no relation, I'm Shelly Brown, but <laughs> believe me, I'd be hanging on those coattails. Sure, but, sure. Um, you know, she's made vulnerability a word that we're all used to saying. And yet I'm sure people still hear that word and get a little squirmy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, what does that mean? What does I got to show? What do I got to expose? What do I got to do? Like, no, I get it. I get it. It's risk taking. Mm-hmm. It is risk taking. And it's also, you know, the iron risk taking is how willing am I to expand my myopic view on what people should be like, work like, look like, act yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on risk. And so what would you suggest? So, so someone said, hey, I'm, I'm afraid to take risks or what, what would you suggest? or what would you recommend they do to overcome that obstacle? Well, it's not a, it's not really a, 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 like, let's take a leap off a cliff. It's really, it's really alignment with value. If you say you care about belonging, and if that is a value for you, then are you willing to have that other person's, you know, make the, make it about the other person rather than about your own fear? What are you willing to risk to share a little bit of, you know what, I don't know the answer, or, you know, there were times in my life where I didn't feel like I fit in or whatever it is, you know, having the other, if you value other people, make it about them to give you the courage to transcend yourself. That's a great point. No, it's a great point. No, and I think that's it. Like shifting the focus away from us and it's hard to do right Shelly because you know for it's all been always been about us right and and the judgment thing comes back again because what are people going to think about us how are they going to feel about us what are they going to tell others about us right and that's the those are sort of the internal conversations that take place yeah yeah and and that reminds me I was going to tell you what bullshit is oh yeah yes yes the space between what is and what we think should be Mm. so when we're, when we're in bullshit about ourselves, it's like, we're believing that we should be somewhere, but we're right here. So it's that space between that causes us suffering and it causes suffering to others. Cause if we're saying you're this, but I want you to be this, that's bullshit because then you're suffering because you think they should be that they're suffering because you think they should be that. And I call it bullshit. Bullshit. It's a great, it's a great term because if, I'm, I'm sure as people hear that, I don't, when I first, when you first said that to me, I'm like, 
Yeah, that totally makes sense because we've all at some point in time applied those judgments either to ourselves or to others to say, well, this is where you're supposed to be or not supposed to be. And really, there is no manual that says this is what life is supposed to be. Right. And you know what happens with the bullshit? What's that? It causes should shaming. (laughs) (laughs) So the D is dynamic, knowing that that there's shifts and changes and nothing has shown us more about changes than the last you know 17 months so that's kind of my that's kind of uh my framework that i talk about when when i speak to organizations so welcoming uh engaging integration risk-taking dynamic that's the weird acronym And, yeah. and I think it's a good one because it really sort of frames things in a nice manner and not that they're in a particular order or anything. I think they're all part of it. But I think what allows people to recognize these are the key areas that 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 if you bear that in mind, I think you're on the right path. Yes. And and again, it does involve that self-awareness and that ability to self-reflect and align your behaviors with your values. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't think you can overstate that point in terms of the behaviors and the values, because that's oftentimes where the direction comes from, right? Like the, the whole yeah. double the purpose of like knowing our why almost like why are we doing this? What's our purpose? Why, why, why? And the closer you get to that and understand that and drill that down, you know, it, it, things you, you start to sort of regulate yourself in your own day to day. And I'm going to do this because this fits into my why, or I'm not going to do this because it doesn't make sense for me. Right. And we're human. So if we, if we do have that self-reflection and that ability to see how we're being and we're not being that, or we weren't that we can course correct mm-hmm. and have accountability around it. It's yep. funny. I, I was looking at something I'd written a while back and uh-huh. if, if you are, if you have a partner or actually, if you're a human being, you've probably heard somebody say, does this outfit make me look fat? <laughs> have you ever heard anybody say that? A few times. <laughs> and then, and the funny thing about that is if somebody has any reason to ask that question, the chances are they may know the, know answer. the answer. Yes, right. And they're looking for like the soft pillow of an answer. Yes. And so it's, it's kind of the embodiment of self-awareness to me. Like the perfect answer to that question is, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or, or how do you feel? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. how do you feel about it? Right. As you, cause that's really the starting point, like how we feel about a situation ourselves. And that sort of ties back into the accepting of ourselves. If we don't feel good about ourselves, that's a rocky road to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And the operative word that you just used, feeling, because everything starts with the, the physical reaction, that that sense reaction. And, mm. you know, it, it, it always makes me realize that even though we're all different, we have only a limited amount of, of feelings, right? right. right. We right. all have the same feelings. So yes. by default, we really do belong. We really are connected as human yes. beings, right? Yep. 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 No, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, Shelly, I want to, I want to touch on the book because uh, it's important. So for us, a lot of fun, right? You tell you, you, a great collection of just fun, you know, <laughs> st- bunch of stories where you're like, oh, wow. Or things you look at or 
and I think you did a great job in giving different different perspectives on things. Thank you. And I think that part's important because you know we all have again I mentioned earlier the self talk. We all have this kind of self talk in our heads. And, you know, you essentially put that on paper for us to all to see. And sometimes when you see something in front of you, you're like, yeah, that is kind of silly, ain't it? Or that, is, that ain't <laughs> such of a big deal, right? So that was a great job. How, how hard was it to kind of go back and dig up these stories? Was it that process? It, well, it, 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 the book initially was 650 pages, and I had to pare it down to 300 and <laughs> wasn't sure how to, there, there are stories over a number of years. Mm-hmm. And and just like Tommy was talking about, it sort of was chronicling my journey of being in my experiences rather than bear, being able to bear witness to them. Yeah. So I would get, something would happen. I'd be on a freight train to a roller coaster down a rabbit hole. And then I'd be like, oh, that happened. This is why. And yeah. I'd learn the lesson, but I had to go through such torture to learn the lessons. And then as I continued writing and continued on my path of self-awareness and mindfulness, the stories become more about sort of putting distance between my emotions and what happened. Yes. Yes. You know, and so, so it's been interesting, but the beautiful thing is men, women, people have told me that they really see themselves in the stories, which was, which was what I wanted. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really about me. It was about our commonalities and our human experience. Yes. Yeah. And, and really, and really that, you know, all of these things are okay. in you know, in that moment where it didn't make sense or you made you feel uncomfortable (laughs) or whatever, it's okay. Cause as you just said, it's a part of the human experience. Exactly. And the book is sort of like, mindfulness meets meltdown and sex in the city and David Sedaris and Irma Bombeck and Lucille Ball came together and made this like book. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Great job. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I had a sort of another mental note I'd made. I want to talk about sort of the ex- expectation of others because um, that's a tough one to deal with, right? We're, we're in this loop where we want to be, true to ourselves we want to make ourselves happy we want to satisfy ourselves but then we've got others who we're trying to please and they're not necessarily in line with who we, what we want for ourselves and that is a cycle to go through that you, you i mean quite you just rather not do it because it's just not there's no good comes out of that <laughs> yeah i mean we lose pieces of ourselves when we do that it's really important obviously to show up for other people um because that's what we do as human beings. But being able to really notice when you're losing who you are in what you're doing. And that was a big part of my journey, losing, losing who I was because I had to run away from it. And you get further and further and further from who you are. And it, all it does is cause so much strife, so much suffering, and so much disintegration. Right. right? You're not integrated. Right. And so I think it, it, I have a poem in my book. It's it's shattered shards, broken glass, kicked in heart, fell on ass, piece of myself I once knew, cracked and broken, held by glue. And then at, at the end of the poem, it's done dying, the glue is drying. So we lose pieces of ourselves and we can pick them up and put them back 
like our body is glue, you know, our being is glue. And then we can leave other pieces that we don't need anymore. But the point is that as we go on our journey and become more and more integrated, we feel less and less like pieces of ourselves have been strewn around. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful because for many reasons, obviously what it does for ourselves, but I, I, what I've always really been driven by is our ability to how we can influence other people, right? Uh, we talked earlier about, you know, be, you know, our traits, using that to serve people, uh, but even just influencing them, right? If others can see uh, us go through the, navigate these pitfalls of life and come out on the other side and we're okay, uh, I think that does wonders for others who may be going through similar stuff, who are fighting their own silent battle that we know nothing about. Yes, I agree. I also believe that a lot of us who who do share a lot of the sort of the mess part, yeah. I think it's really important to, the more important part is, is the transformation part yeah. and showing that kind of hope. Everybody likes to see, you know, that likes the curtains to be, you know, ripped open and this was the mess. Yes. But it's the self-transcendence. It's, it's the, why are you sharing that story? Is it, oh my God, that is so amazing that I got through that and you can too, you know, that's not what's helpful. Right. What's helpful is, yes, this happened. And, and these are the things that I can tell you that maybe you can try them on and they're going to, they're going right. to fit you. Right, right, right. So, but yeah. Go, no, go ahead. No, I was going to let you finish. But people still really like to hear the messy. Yes. Yes, they really do. Yes. Yeah. No, and yeah. I, and I was going to say, you know, the point I was going to make is that, you know, sometimes and, and you said it with the, oh, yeah, it, it's be happy or be courageous or be audacious. I mean, those are all things we tell each other. Right. And not that they don't serve a purpose, but, you know, there, there's it doesn't just stop there. There's more behind that messaging. And 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 sometimes the illustrations, the stories, the how to kind of how do you get there sort of thing. Yes. That's where the true value is. And, yes. and then and then these taglines and these phrases, then kind of you can bring, bring it all together. It brings context to the incremental nature of our journeys. And, and that's the bullshit thing. It's like I'm over here. How am I going to get over here? Right. You know what? You may not get over here. So if you can understand that it's incremental and, and allow that next space to be the space that you're in, then you're not looking way far over to something that feels so inaccessible and aspirational. I was listening to somebody the other day on a podcast uh -huh. and I will name names. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I won't name names, but this person is like, Yep. So my coach is the same coach as so-and-so and they, yeah. and they mentioned like a celebrity and okay. I was thinking that's not accessible to most folks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's right. So that's right. I think that when we've gotten to that place that we've never arrived. So, so when we say these, be this, do that, be this, we have to bring in the humanity that, that we don't always stay there, that right. we're not always in that place. Right. Right. And, and nor should we, or are we meant to be, you know, life as we both know life is not constant evolution or constant process. 
there's constant development and where you are today, that's great. You accomplished some great things to get to today, but that doesn't mean you can, you know, pitch your tent and you're good. Like, there's still <laughs> more just, to do. I know. You just reminded me of the song, Let It Go and Frozen. Okay. And I don't even have any kids, but it's like, let it go. What about fold it up and just put it in a drawer because yeah, it's yeah. going to come back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, we, we, we get so caught up sometimes and yeah, I did this. And, um, you know, I recently, you know, celebrated 50 episodes of my podcast and I was like, I was like, yeah, okay. That's great. Thanks. Okay. Now on to the next 50, like move on. Right? Like, it's, it's fantastic. Let's continue the process. So, um, that's something I really, really believe in. And I think it's something that we all should aspire to continue to do as much as we can. Well, I'm going to give you a time out on that one because you have a slew of amazing <laughs> guests that you've had. So I just want to acknowledge you on the, on your 50 podcast because oh, they, they, they've been pretty remarkable. I haven't listened to all 50, but I listened okay. to a few well, and the energy that you bring and the guests that you, that you have on the conversations are really valuable. They provide a lot of value. Thank you. And you know, uh, you know, it, it was never about getting the biggest guest or getting most well-known guests. It was having most meaningful conversations. It truly, truly for me, Shelly, that's, that is the starting point. Um, I, I've had people that don't, that aren't well known, that have had wonderful dialogue. So much so that there's, you know, sometimes these conversations where I walk away from going, "Wow, like I need to catch my breath here because you know, you know what came out of that was phenomenal." So, th so thank you. First off, I do appreciate the, the kind words. I think more than anything, the podcast started during the pandemic because I wanted to find an avenue to share and uh, from a, from a, from a perspective of, of any creator. And you would, you might, you can relate to this is that if you can create something and uh, people bring back and show the value and can say, yeah. wow, this was important to me, then I've done my job. So yeah, that's exactly it. And, and my pandemic pivot, I was, I was teaching, uh, I was mindfulness teacher and teaching uh, mindfulness using rock music. And it, because I knew to the corporate world, because I knew that I was a corporate veteran. And if I came to mindfulness speaking and said, okay, close your eyes and access your breath, people would be like, oh, not again. So I created a way to introduce it to people using music and rock yeah. music so that it would be super accessible. And my take on it was how we show up together. So when the pandemic started, there wasn't really showing up together. And that's when I started getting my stories together from my book. And yep. that is when I dug really deep and started doing a lot of art. And then also really getting into my truest, truest passion of belonging. Yep. Back to that again. Yeah, because yeah. that's important. That's important. Oh, this is so, Shelly, this is, I'm so glad that we, we finally sat down and, and chatted. Like I said, you know, when we first sort of press record here, I was really, uh, the, the messaging around the, the, our own individuality and our own uniqueness and where, and, 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 the, and the greatness that lies in that. Uh, I think that it is such a key message because, you know, if we all are just being ourselves and, 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 and the piece, a piece I'll add is I truly believe that, you know, if we are being ourselves, it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a risk because it's just being who we are, where we think it's a risk is because of what we think other people will say about us. And right. so 
the messaging around just go out and be who you're supposed to be, whether it's weird, whatever word you want to use, weird, audacious, crazy, whatever that word is, you know, it's important messaging and that's what you just got to be. That's awesome. That's amazing. And audacious. It totally, it totally, totally is. For, 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 for our listeners that want to uh, catch up with you or, or grab a copy of Weird Girl Adventures, uh, where, where can we send them, Shelly? Thank you. So I am on LinkedIn for one. Uh, Shelly Brown, don't forget the E before the Y. Um, my book's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target and Walmart, Weird Girl Adventures, and I'm right in the middle of launching Shelly Brown official for my speaking. Yep. I had ROI mindfulness and I have my book, but it's going to be Shelly Brown official, which should Amazing. be in the next couple of weeks. And right now that's redirecting to my book site. So got you, you, got you, you got you. Find me there. And, and, and so the, and the new book you're working on, that's the bull should. That's the bull should. Awesome. Awesome. That's that one. That one, what we know what we'll do. We're going to sit down again when that's all ready to go and we'll, We'll go through that because that, that is a whole other dynamic and a very important <laughs> one. It's an important one, but definitely a, a good one to chat about. So thank you. Shelly, I appreciate thank you being here today. You. It's so awesome to catch up uh, and, and all the best. You too. This was awesome. I loved every minute of it. I uh, really appreciate you. Oh, thank Thanks, you. Thank darling. you. Be well, Shelly. You too. Back we are here on the podcast and my appreciation and thanks goes out to Shelly uh, for being here and really opening up the topic of, of, of being weird and why it's a good thing despite what the rest of the world says. Uh, look, I, I think this is an important topic and, and worthy of being highlighted because you know, having feelings of, of being different or, or, or unique or, or weird you know, is something that we've all experienced at one point or another. We've all had times where we didn't fit in exactly. But we shouldn't be made to feel like it's a bad thing because we felt that way. Because it really isn't. It's completely normal to be outside of the norm. And what we should be looking to do is embrace it. You know, Shelley left us with so much to think about. But if there's just one thing that I would take away from our conversation, it would be this. We all have our own uniqueness to us and that's what makes us special or different. You know, if you want to categorize it as being weird, then go ahead, knock yourself out. Being weird or different isn't a bad thing. You know, those differences are what makes you great. And when you love yourself enough to accept your greatness, the rest of the world will follow. Believe me when I say this, it's inevitable. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com and all you've got to do is enter in your email address and you'll be immediately alerted every time uh, there's new content that comes out. Um, we've come to the end of another episode and as always, I want to uh, take a moment and, and give a big, big shout out and thanks to our amazing listeners of the Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, the support has been phenomenal. Uh, I, I love the energy. I love your audaciousness and I and encourage you to keep going because that inspires and gives me energy. So thank you uh, for your ongoing support. It truly, truly, truly is appreciated. Until next time. Stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, 
and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.